LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, Ask Me Anything, friends. Before we jump into the question for today, I wanted to tell you about something our friends at PortableChurch.com, some things they're offering uh, that I think for a lot of you could be really helpful. You know, it's well known that planting new churches and campuses, it really is the most effective way of reaching the lost. Um, It's a much higher percentage of uh, lost people that come to a new campus or a new church. And we also know that launching and rented venues like schools and theaters is one of the most cost-effective ways to launch a new church. If you're planning a launch or you're trying to figure out how to do church well in a rented venue, I would encourage you you to check out our friends at Portable Church. That team over there is very well experienced. They've helped a lot of churches of, of different sizes. They're able to take your vision and create an engaging environment that will not only serve your production needs, but also help your volunteer retention stay pretty high and get you where you can spend more energy, not on setting up chairs, but on, on actual ministry. So go to portablechurch.com lifeway, where you can learn more and find free customized resources that will teach you how to launch both portable and strong. And now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love. I'm here with pastor, author, theologian, president, uh, J.D. Greer. Hey, I've been made fun of a lot in my life, and I know what it feels like, and it always felt like that, Matt. Those were all true statements. Yeah, I'm I know, just stating but, facts. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, J.D., the tagline for this podcast is honest questions, all right? So, right. Um, we're going to get real honest. Asking for a friend, when is it okay to leave your church? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Yeah, is I don't this, know. I mean, if just, someone let's I'm just, talking to. Let's be clear. Is this about you or Lindsay, your wife? Is I don't know. You know, we'll just, you answer the question, we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Well, as with many questions I feel like we answer on here, and I think many general kind of whiz approaches to wisdom, there are a lot of times, you've heard the statement, uh, there are things in the Bible that are not contradictions to be resolved. They're tensions to be managed. Um, and this is one of those, because I think there is wisdom is found by keeping two things in tension. Um, one of those is realizing that we really do live in a consumer culture, and that unfortunately has affected how we approach the church. And a consumer culture, while it is appropriate for a lot of things, it's actually not appropriate for a church relationship. Um, obvious example, consumer culture. Um, it actually works for things like where I buy my groceries groceries or where I stop and get a sandwich when I'm hungry. If the place that I prefer to get a sandwich is, you know, they have slow service, they're not making it right. I, you know, break up. I leave, I leave that fast food restaurant and I go somewhere else. If I, have, I find lower prices or more convenience at a grocery store, I don't have to have a, a heart wrenching conversation with the manager of my grocery <laughs> store. A consumer relationship is very, very appropriate in that. Um, it's not appropriate when it comes to family. You know, I don't, obviously I don't say to my wife, you know, like, Hey, things are just not, you know, working well. I mean, that's, that's marriage is a covenant and it means for better or for worse. I don't have it with my kids. I don't bring, you know, my, my daughter Raya in and say, Raya, your mom and I just, it's not, not you, sweetheart. It's us, you know, we're going a different direction. So the church, the church is in one sense, well, in a, in a huge sense, it's, it's family. And while it's not, you know, we don't, we're not have the same bonds to a particular local church that we would have to, for example, my wife or my kids, the church as a community and a family to leave one ought to feel like, like I'm leaving a part of a, you know, a family relationship. And that means that there might be a time, and I'll talk about that in a minute when it, I do think it's wise to leave a church, but it, it shouldn't be light and flippant or because there's better music or better preaching or cooler people, you know, that you think at, a, at yeah. another church. So on the one side of the tension, it's like you, 
you want to make sure you're not just treating the church like, hey, there's a new grocery store that just opened up two minutes closer to me, and so I'm just going to go to that one. I'm just right. kind of switching whatever's convenient. Pastor preaches for four minutes shorter. He wears tighter shirts. And exactly. That's so, so that's one end. What's the kind of other end of the tension? Yeah, I, yeah, good. So the other end of the tension is, um, I mean, you really, church is a vital part of your life and the preaching of the word. I mean, you need the word of God. You need it, it in a way that, that fills your life and your heart and shape. I mean, my family, my relationships with my family depend on my, the quality of my relationship with the Lord. And one of the biggest um, factors in that is the church I go to. And so, you know, I've only got one life to live and I really want to make sure that I stay as spiritually healthy as I can. And I'm a part of a family that brings out the best in me. And one that also helps my um, uh, ministry gifts come alive. I don't want to spend 20, 30 years in some church where I'm not, you know, not only am I not growing, but I'm also, it's not a good place for me to bring people that God's putting into my life that are lost. Um, I think about this, especially now as a dad. I mean, when you start having kids, you know, you only get one shot at those teenage years. And I want to make sure they're in the kind of environment where, and the community that I'm able to surround them with is a, is a thriving community. So that would be the other side is, is how do you know when you're in a place where it's, it's just not best long-term. And so somewhere between those two poles, yeah. that tension is, is, is wisdom. Yeah. Uh, I can't use that and say, and therefore you ought all, you ought to always stay. You ought to always go. It's, it's somewhere in between there. You got to discern what the, what the right answer is. Okay. So that's really helpful. Now, JD, you've been a pastor for a long time, <laughs> a really long time. No, um, as long as you've been alive. As long as I, so you've seen a lot of people make these decisions about whether or not to stay or, or leave a church. Where do people typically go wrong? What are, have you seen some themes and where people typically make the decision poorly. Yeah, yeah, good way of asking that. Um, well, I, one is when people, it really is like the, the hottest new show. Hmm. And it's kind of like, man, I'm a little bored at my church. See what else is going on. Let's see what yeah. else is going on. I'm bored. I mean, the worst is when you got people that actually go to different churches, I think, for different things. You got youth group over here, student ministry over here, and I go to the worship for this one and preaching here and all that. And I always say it is better to be really committed at a mediocre church than to be partially committed at a great church. That's good. Because some of the best things that come out of church is not what comes from the pulpit. As important as that is, you can get great preaching from podcasts and stuff, but some of the best things that you're going to get are going to be from the family relationships that you have there. So you got to really be committed. Now, again, I, I want to caveat that. I don't mean that you should be at a place that's not teaching the word and where you're not growing because you that that, that shapes the whole community there. So that's one. Um, another one is where you're just, or maybe this is a variation of that same one, you're always just thinking about your needs. When people come and they're like, you know, I... Uh, I just not getting much out of this and, and that. And you're kind of like, I mean, Paul told us in Ephesians not to be children. And children are always, you know, at the table banging their, my kids, you know, when it's time to eat, they're, they're not thinking about the, what's going on in the family. They're thinking about my food's not here and it's not hot and this is not what I wanted for dinner. And a lot of them, you Christians are kind of like that. They're sort of like, hey, my, the food's not the right temperature for me. And it's, you know, the, the they just want to sit around and have somebody put a bib on them, wipe their bottom. Well, I've heard uh, uh, one of our pastors here, Danny Franks, who does guest services, he talks about this where it's like you get to this point where some of the things that maybe brought you into the church you kind of want the church to keep orienting itself around you That's and you're good. not willing yep. to turn the corner to being a leader and to actually do for others the things that people did for you that got you involved in the first place and that kind of it's like the yep. maturation process of being a part of the well, church. Well that's a great way to say it because what you find is that inevitably even the best churches at some point you're stagnating if it's always just coming into you. I actually enjoy church a lot more when I'm in a posture of giving hmm. and you, you will, it's like, if you just sit and receive all the time, you will get bored, but, but you've got at some point shift to where it's like, now I'm contributing I'm leading in the church and I'm pouring myself out. And then even the things that you're 
you're getting from you know the receiving are, are, are still gonna they're gonna start to, to seem much more meaningful um, another uh, mistake I see people make is thinking especially if they're a lay person that they can just turn things around I've always you know I've heard it said and I've, I've found this to be true that you only need 15 percent of the congregation plus the senior leadership mm. to change everything in a church and so people think, well, you know, there's there's a small group of us and we're going to turn things around. If the people that are in senior leadership, if the uh, the person standing up in the pulpit every week is not not sympathetic, it's just it, it's very unlikely. Now, I don't think that means you pull the plug immediately. You might have a season of prayer and fasting and asking God to do the impossible. But if you're just not seeing signs of, of God doing that, that might be a time where you just are kind of realistic and say, it's probably not going to, going to change. That's maybe the last one that I'll say that I see people go wrong is they, they wait too long. They wait too long and they're, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, they're kind of looking back at a chapter of their life. They'll never get back mm. relationships. And, and they're like, man, I should have, I should have just recognized the handwriting on the wall, so to speak, and, and moved on. Oh, I, I just thought of one more um, mistake I make is where people mistake an unbiblical church and they justify staying at that because they're like, well, this church is not my preference, but they're they're at a church where it doesn't even really match up to what the New Testament says a church would be, period. So that's actually a good kind of uh, lead in because that was another question I had. You kind of alluded to it that there's definitely some things that are essential, right? Yeah. The church has to be. So what are some of those? If you're just looking, what like what is important in church? What are some of the non-negotiables that do need to be Yeah, there? right. Well, first, obviously, their, their belief statement. They ought yeah. to have a historic you know, belief statement that's you know, I mean, for us, it's a Baptist faith and message. Um, that's, uh, but you know, for for listeners that maybe in not necessarily a Baptist church, you know, that that's think like historic evangelical creeds, um, the the Nicene Creed, the you know, the Apostles' Creed, that they're not caving on on issues that are tension points today. Uh, you know, with questions of of gender and sexuality, if this church shows unfaithfulness there, I just wouldn't have me or my family in that. It, a non negotiable for me is a church that actually teaches the word. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of churches that it's just, you know, it's, it's time opinion hour. And, and you're like, this guy's not opening the Bible and actually teaching through the scripture. So I don't think you should stay, you know, at, at a church like that. I think a church that's very inward focused, you know, it's just all about the members and is not pushing you to outreach um, a church where you really couldn't see bringing uh, a lost person or a new believer in. I just, I'm like, I'm not even sure why you would want to stay that because that's mm-hmm. not a New Testament church. Maybe one more, a church that tolerates sin, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, sexual sin or whether it's some kind of scandal or whether it's just, I don't know, just things that are obviously ungodly and the leadership turns a blind eye. That is not an environment I'd want to be in. So that's all, I think that's, I mean, everything you've shared so far has been really helpful. So would you just kind of give any, any final thoughts? I mean, I mean, hey, should I stay or should I go? What do we need to do here? Uh, only if you sing that last line <laughs> should I stay. Well, I'll give you a straight answer. Well, I, I'll just repeat. I, it's it's hard to give a litmus test or a checklist. I would just encourage you, Matt, to stay between those two poles. I don't want to be a consumer. I want to be a family member. I want to realize that at some point the novelty of everything wears off, and I want to turn myself to contributing. That You need to keep that. And on the other side, you need to – to, to realize that, yeah, I really do. I need to, to, to sense the leadership of the Holy Spirit to be a part of a family where I'm growing. <laughs> Don't be the kind of person who's like, I'm done growing and now it's just about pouring out. You, you need a place where the word is, is enlivening you um, enlivening, enlivening, something or, like that. It's being awesome in your life you go. and where it's good for your family and where your, your ministry gifts are, are being capitalized on and, and, and being put into practice. If you think if you're at a church, that's not where <laughs> it's just not happening and you think there's a possibility of change. My counsel is usually 
to stay and for a little while pray, start meeting with other people for prayer. And if you see signs that God is moving, um, then then stay. If not, you should say, look, God hasn't put me in leadership of this church as an act of respect for the leadership that's here. I'm going to invest in, you know, elsewhere. And maybe last thing I'll say is whatever God leads you to do, be committed wherever you are. It's better to be fully committed at a mediocre church than partially committed at a great one. Um, be committed. Uh, we always say to people, you know, here at the summit, you've probably heard us say it. Don't just be a contributor here. Like be all in. Um, the pig and the chicken both contribute to your breakfast, but in different ways. The chicken, by giving an egg, makes a contribution. But the pig, as the sausage, he went all in, right? <laughs> yeah, so if you're going to be committed. a part of a church, I mean, just be the pig and just go all in and invest yourself. And if the word's being preached, don't leave a church because the worship, you know, is not, you wish they used one extra guitar and there's only one guitar. I mean, don't, you know, be be a part of a family, but at a place where you can thrive and, uh, and, and grow. Well, J.D., I think I'm in. I think okay. I'm going to stick around. Just for, thought, at least I for, more pressure about this question than any other question. At least for a little bit while longer until you answer one of these questions wrong. Wrongly. <laughs> Wrongly. There yeah, you go. Thank wow. You. Growing. This is what we're just talking about. All right, guys, you know what I got to do next? We got to talk about the podcast that you should be listening to. Why? Because they're Lifeway Leadership Podcasts, and Lifeway Leadership Podcasts are by definition amazing. Awesome. And you should listen to all of them. And so the one we wanted to actually talk about today is the One Thing Podcast with Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna. Uh, great podcast. They cover things like handing off ministries, knowing when to say goodbye, growth barriers. Uh, really, really, really helpful stuff. Uh, so just look up The One Thing on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you want more from Pastor JD, stuff like resources or uh, sermons or articles or whatever, um, you can go to jdgreer.com. And then also you can follow JD on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Thanks for joining us on Ask Manny. Come here.